1: On TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
3: February 23rd, 2023, 22323, two, three, the day that Eric Bienni was introduced to the media and the fans in DC as the offensive coordinator of the Commanders,
2: a splash hire. Danny, what's up? This day rules. It's unbelievable outside it's basically the spring of lies it's like that fake spring that the dc area does to you makes you think that the winter's over then it's gonna like snow next week i don't care it's awesome today eric biennemi basically did a promo for wrestlemania coming up by the pay-per-view he kicked ass at his presser he should not be available but he was somehow and he's here he's here in washington dc this is their best hire in forever What an awesome sports day. What an awesome day for Washington, D.C. sports fans. There haven't been many. Haven't been many of late. There's a lot of darkness, a lot of badness. A lot of teams aren't doing real well. A lot of teams are sort of for sale, but kind of not. I'm not really sure what's happening. A lot of rebuilding, whatever. This is awesome, dude. Great mood.
3: Impressive press conference for the enemy for sure. A couple of things I really, really liked was there were a bunch of current players there sat in the front of the auditorium. was that cool? I thought that was. And that's not abnormal. I mean, that's going to happen the majority of the time when you sign a coordinator or a coach or you bring someone in. But I loved how often he would kind of point over to those guys
2: and reference them. Mm-hmm. My job is to get these guys. Yeah.
3: How important they're going to be in this process, how involved he's going to be in trying to win them over. You know, he views this as a people business, as a former player, really, really good. The all-time leading rusher at Colorado. And obviously, had a successful nine-year NFL career as a running back as well. But he he talked about needing to get the players to buy into his vision, and he said that starts with relationships. But I just liked kind of that camaraderie already with him at the podium, those guys in their seats. A lot of video has come out since of him getting to dap those players up and spend some time with them in front of everybody at the press conference. And he didn't have a Jonathan Gannon moment, which is good. Have you seen the viral video of Jonathan Gannon? I actually haven't. I've heard people reference it. I haven't seen it. Oh, you okay. I'm going to show it to you during the break. Okay. It's, it's actually hilarious. I showed it to my wife. What it looks like to me is a comedy sketch. It looks to me like a Key and Peele scene. You remember those two Yeah, guys? of course. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, maybe something that would have been on the office or something. But basically, for people that don't know, Jonathan Gannon was just hired as the new head coach of the Cardinals. He was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. He went out there for his introductory presser, and then after his big press conference, he's walking around the building, and like someone's like, Kyler's in the weight room. And he start, he drops his bag and sprints like a guy going to meet his, his wife after he's been away for nine months, you know, defending the country. So he goes and he high-fives Kyler Murray, and just kind of an awkward small talk interaction. There's no way for that not to be weird. Everyone made fun of that. I didn't think much of that. But the next video that came out, like people were already clubbing that one. Uh-huh. The next one that came out was him talking to, and I have no idea who the player was, to be honest with you. But he's talking to a player. I didn't really spend any time investigating it because what was funny was he says to the guy, he goes, yeah, okay. He's like nodding and he goes, explosives, shots. And then he takes his hands like this and he goes, pew, 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 pew. Shots you can run. And the player is just kind of nodding and it it fades to like a Cardinals logo. And I'm going, this guy can't be real. This is weird. (laughs) It's so Imagine that being your opening introduction. Like, your, your new program director uh-huh. comes in. And he goes, you're Danny Ruye. And you're like, yes, sir. Yes, I beach. am. He's yes, like, yes, yes, You do uh, afternoons, right? Uh-huh. You're like, yep. And he's like, segments, teases,
2: <laughs> ratings, pew, pew, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. And he just walks out of the room. I'm like, wow, we're in trouble.
3: So there was no moment like that. Yeah. So automatically a win. There was no Jim Zorn maroon and black. But I'm an introductory press conference guy. You know this about me. I do know what about you. Yes. I like buffalo wings. I like bagels with cream cheese plain. And I love introductory press conferences, and I thought the enemy smacked it out of the park. I
2: thought he crushed it. Now, listen, what does it really mean an introductory press conference? Nothing. Like Nick Sirianni had the worst one of all time. In fact, it was so bad that he actually his first meeting with the team, he got everyone together to watch his introductory press conference as as like a, a bonding experience. Because look how bad this was, and they all laughed, and then won to or almost won a Super Bowl. Is that a real story? It's a story. Yeah,
3: I never heard that. So, like, that's you a know, great bit.
2: Carson Wentz had a great introductory press conference, and he's terrible and should never have been brought here. All we have is what we have. And Eric Bieniemy just seems like a star. I, I thought he was so great. I, I mean, now, granted, I want this to work. I'm I'm yeah, such a fan of the fairness. hire. It's self-fulfilling, but I thought he was awesome.
3: I'm going to sound like I'm poo-pooing it now, which is not my goal. Right. You're way over the top with 100%. your excitement. Yes. And, and it's just because you're excited that Eric Biennemi is here. Uh-huh. Like, he did nothing that most 99% of coordinators that get jobs don't do. Totally. It was a very normal press conference. I did think he was good. I enjoyed a lot of what he had to say. We'll go through some of those cuts now and give you some of our takeaways. But I think people are pumped. Should They, be, they, yeah. they wanted to, to watch something they enjoyed today. They got that. People are ready to run through a brick wall. So good for the organization. Yes. You just don't get a whole lot of wins around here where pretty universally everyone says, this makes sense. Because I'll double down one final time on, it really doesn't matter if the enemy was the reason the Chiefs offense was great or not. Andy Reid, let's say, did everything. This was still a good process to get Eric bien here, to go to the best restaurant in the land and grab the sous chef. Let's say he just stood next to the chef and never touched the grill, never did anything with any of the ingredients. He's been watching for five years. Bring him here and see what happens. Let's pick him up.
2: If, again, this role was previously occupied by Scott Turner. Let's everyone think about that for a second. Who wouldn't be calling plays for anybody else? If we'd announced today, if Washington announced today, hey, the quarterbacks coach from Kansas City is your new OC, I'd be over the moon.
3: That's Matt Nagy, who's a former head coach. If they'd,
2: way. well, so a bad example then. If they'd announced uh, that the wide receivers coach from Kansas City or the the passing game coordinator, Greg Lewis,
3: who's in here interviewing, yeah, for right? That if job. they
2: announced that, I'd go hell of a hire. Makes a lot of sense. This is Eric Bieniemy, the OC, from the best offense of the last five years. They're on a generational run of offensive excellence with all sorts of personnel. He's part of the best program that we've got in this league. If you're going to show a space sailing who's never seen football, what's the best it could look like? Well, here it is, this uh, this red team, middle of middle of the country. They got this one guy who is an unorthodox, a quarterback who's great, genius of a head coach. Yeah, that's you're part of that. He's coming somewhere else to a terrible place with awful offense, and he'll have an increased role. That's the way of things, man. That's normal. I don't give a damn if he just took naps every day when everyone else was doing work. He's part. He, he's getting an elevated role in a place that sucks. This is the best thing. I'm so excited. This is what teams that aren't good should do. And on offense,
3: Washington is one of those teams. They weren't good. There you go. They haven't been for a long time. Go to the good teams and pry away some of their people. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, why not? We're going to get to some of the enemy's press conference and what stood out to us in just a moment. I should let you guys know, though, we got Wizards tickets to give away today a couple different times. 3 o'clock, coming up in 50 minutes, we're going to give away tickets for the Wiz and the Raptors. And then again at 4 o'clock, Beltway Blitz, about uh, an hour and 50 minutes from right now. We'll give away another pair of tickets to go see the Wiz and the Raptors at Capital One Arena coming up on Thursday, March 2nd. They're getting ready to get back in action. NBA returns tonight. Wizards not quite on the floor yet, but they will be very soon. And, by the way, Bradley Beal is questionable. questionable. How do you come out of the All-Star break and all this
2: rest questionable? This is very on-brand. Everyone acts like it's a big mystery. I know we're not talking about this much today, but when they were winning 32 games a year a few seasons ago and he led the league in minutes played, and it was among the league leaders in minutes played for teams that weren't really playoffs, weren't really going anywhere, and now it's, it seems to be so mysterious to everybody why he's constantly injured. If only somebody could have predicted that. Oh, wait, we all did. Everyone's hands went up. But I get that. Yeah, I'm going to set that to the side. Okay. I'm going to go back to my question yeah. with all due respect. He
3: played 35 minutes in the last game they played before they had an All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Then they had a lot of time off.
2: Weak. Now he's questionable. Please help me with that. What am I missing? Yeah. He is a guy that's oft injured with a bunch of nagging things that isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like, I think that's that's the current state of the union. Remember, early in his career, where we had all these stress reactions and and all these different things with his uh, lower body that were super concerning. Those went away for a little bit. Eh, now it seems like that kind of stuff's back.
3: All right. Let's get to the enemy presser. So first thing I want to play that I really, really liked was the opening question to enemy He gave a... A detailed opening statement talked about how thankful he was to everybody in Kansas City, how excited he was to be in D.C. And then the presser opens with John Kime of ESPN asking him, why did you come here? Why did you feel like Washington was a fit, was a place that you wanted to come to? Now, Kime didn't say this, but I will. You left a great place to come to a place where they never win. Like, you know it's here, right? (laughs) bien who was ready for this question, obviously, had a great answer. This is what he had to say.
4: Why not Washington? Look at all the talent. Look at the players that they have, okay? Look at the guys that they, they, they have on defense. So I'm excited about this opportunity. I've known Coach Ron now since 1999. So relationships mean something. I've known Coach Mayhew for a number of years. And that means something. I've known Mr. Stokes for a number of years. And so I have no doubt about what they're building here. Obviously they went to the playoffs uh, in the previous year. So they were basically real close this year of going. So I'm never, I have never, ever backed down from a challenge. So I'm embracing this challenge. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm excited when it's time to start talking ball with these guys, to start getting to work. But when it's all said and done with, why not Washington?
3: I love answering a question with a question. Uh It's one of my favorite things. Hey, why'd you come here? Why shouldn't I come here? It was the perfect answer. He says, I got good players on offense. As McLaurin sitting there watching the presser with Jahan Dotson. Yeah. I got Robinson. I got Gibson. I'm going to fix the O-line and spend some money. I like Sam Howell a little bit. You're going to have to figure out O-line. You're going to have to determine if Sam Howell is your quarterback of the future or there not. There's some
2: good uh, structural things here. Good nuts and bolts. There are weapons.
3: There are playmakers. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samble as a triumvirate at wide receiver is one of the best trios in the league. Yep. That is the envy of OCs all over this country. A lot of teams look at this receiver group and admire greatly what's been put together. That, by the way, is a third-round pick. If you redrafted, goes in the top 10, probably. That's a first-round pick who, if you redrafted, goes even higher than he went in the middle of the first round. And kudos to them because they took him higher than anyone was willing to last year. That's right. People thought they overdrafted Jahan Dotson. And it's a guy they do pay a lot of money in, Curtis Samuel, who they haven't gotten enough return from, but maybe Bienemy can fix that. He also talked about the defense, which I liked. You know what a good friend is to a good offense? An awesome defense. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can win here because this defense is really, really good. The relationships part of this, I don't think we talked enough about this maybe, and it's because, frankly, I'm not sure we knew enough about it. I kept going to the well of Rivera's very tight with Andy Reid. Andy Reid and Biennemi have been together off and on since you know he was recruiting in college and Biennemi was on his way to Colorado. He talked today about how he and Rivera have had a rapport since Ron Rivera was coaching, and I believe he was playing, in Philadelphia. Yeah, 99 was his last year. 1999, when Rivera was on the defensive staff. Now, I can't imagine you're you know hanging out at each other's houses as a coach and a player, but you meet then, maybe you like a guy, you think highly of him, he says he's been following his career, so that was interesting to me. He and Martin Mayhew, we knew, had a relationship. He referenced that several times in the presser. Eric Stokes is now one of their lead executives under Herney and Mayhew, who apparently uh, for a long time, the enemy has known. So there might've been more behind the scenes familiarity than we knew.
2: Yeah. It's again, it sounds like I'm dismissive or, or belittling here. I don't mean to be at all. This is the best thing about Ron Rivera. He's really good at this part of it, right? Like when other coaches are busy doing Lord knows what he's making the rounds at the Super Bowl. he's, then he's shaking, uh, you know, keep kissing babies and, and high fiving and doing the ribbon cuttings and everything else. He's been outstanding in the relationship regard. That's his best quality as kind of the 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 lovable grandfather in all of this, right? In this organization, it may not be in terms of you know calling timeouts or going for on fourth down or getting good offensive play. But this part of it, right, the, the the relationship management stuff, he's been very, very strong at, and it's sort of born fruit today, right? The fact that Eric Pianemi shouldn't be here by rights, and there he stood uh, in an excellent three-piece suit, if I might add, uh, ripping up that press conference.
3: So let's go into more on the offensive talent. He was asked about it. He didn't really get into specifics. You know, it would have been nice to see some expertise on the personnel and just him going into, you know, naming all the position groups, but – It's early in the process. I mean, the guy hasn't had a lot of time. He's still got to study. He gets to go watch the film, right? He knows who the best players are. He name-checked during the presser later on Samuel and McLaurin and Dotson and Gibson and Robinson and Sam Howell. But I I really liked his answer on this, even though normally I I prefer, like, the specifics more than the the vague Uh from a coach. I thought this was sharp. This is bien when he was asked his thoughts on the offensive talent.
4: Personally, I have a a lot of thoughts and I can sit here and point out all the great things that some of these guys have done throughout their career, but that's not important right now. What's important is this, I got to evaluate every player on this roster and I haven't had an opportunity to do that, okay? A lot of these guys I've talked to at the combine, I've followed their careers and obviously we've played against each other, so I've had an opportunity to watch some of these guys play. So, obviously there's some talent here, but I'm going to work, do my job with with Mr. Mayhew on top of that, with Coach uh, Rivera, Marty Herney, and Stokes, just making sure that we're doing the right things and making sure that we're evaluating and doing what is right for the organization, for the team moving forward.
3: Eric bien on Washington's offensive group. He was asked about his vision for the offense. He's coming over from Kansas City. He has ridden shotgun to Andy Reid for years. Presumably he's got some ideas that vary from Reid's. Uh, Some things that Andy Reid did maybe became staples for him. Other things that Reid may have done that
4: worked or didn't
3: might not be the way the enemy wants to run his own shop. Here's his vision for Washington's offense.
4: My vision is this. I just want to make sure that these guys understand that there's a way in which I know how to do it. But on top of that, I got to make sure that I'm putting these guys in the best situation to be the most explosive, the most dynamic, and also, more importantly, giving us the best opportunity to be successful. So that's one thing, okay? But when it's all said and done with, we're gonna do this. We're gonna play hard, we're gonna play fast, we're gonna have a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose in everything that we do. And that's where it starts, okay? And it's all about being accountable as well, understanding the fact that indirectly, we all impact each other's lives. So it's my job to make sure I'm doing what is right by them. But on top of that, they got to make sure that they're doing right by each other. So my envision right now is making sure that that process take care of itself. The X's and O's will take care of itself. These guys, they know football, okay? They understand football. These guys are professional players for a reason, okay? Now, only thing that's gonna change, the verbiage may change, you know, some of the route concepts, uh, the way we term them may change. But when it's all said and done with is it's football. And if we love what we do, we'll have the success that we need to have long as we're investing in, the, in it the right way.
3: Eric bien in and Ashburn today. What I really liked is as he was talking about players, he's pointing at them and mm-hmm. saying, we all impact each other's lives. And he's speaking to them. You know, the press conference is going on. I
2: thought that was such a salient thing. Grant.
3: People at home are watching, but – you're impacting if I get a head coaching job or not.
2: That's what the first I'm thing I thought of. Yep.
3: If you are going to become an all pro or not. I'm impacting if you are going to get paid the millions that you want to get paid. Right.
2: So Jahan Dotson sitting right there. You see that guy sitting a couple seats down from you who is a multimillionaire a million times over, who just got a mega extension. You're in it with me. If, if I do well, probably means you did well, which means Terry did well, which means Sam Howell does well. What's he going to be? The, the, the interlinking part of that I thought was so salient. And it, it you know, it's sort of, I understand the situation, right? We're talking about something that may just be for a year. Maybe it's two. Who knows how this thing goes with future holds with the ownership and everything else. but. We're all going to get something out of this, right? And that's the point here. It's a unique individual thing, this this professional sports. You're all private contractors. Everybody's their own brand. Everyone's their own unique thing. But you got to come together, form a team to compete against others. Team success helps buoy individual success in, in kind of the off-the-field type stuff, right? Whether it's contracts, endorsements, or otherwise. I thought that was so salient.
3: The enemy did a really good job today, I thought, Danny, pouring cold water on head coaching questions. In other words, whenever it came up as to, hey, what happens in a year or two? Or is, is your goal still to just get to be a head coach? He made it very clear Rivera style. I'm where my feet are right now, guys. Mm-hmm. All I'm here to do is coach the offense. If I'm a head coach in the future, great. If that doesn't work out, so be it. I want to be the best offensive coordinator possible. Now, you're saying the right things. Yeah. He's here to to coach and thrive so that he can become a head coach. We all know that. But I actually thought he did a really good job answering those questions. Uh, We'll play some clips. You'll get a flavor of that next. Let's start on the MGM National Harbor listener lines with a couple calls on this. What did you think of the press conference today, if you got to hear it? If you haven't, you're hearing these clips for the first time. We're going to continue to play them. What are some of your takeaways from the enemy being introduced? 800-636-1067 is the number. That's 800-636-1067. And let's give our biggest takeaway from what we heard from Biennemi today. Because I'll play a clip next that I think was huge. It has nothing to do with Washington's offense. It has very little to do with the commanders on the field. And it was by far the most important thing I heard today from Eric Biennemi. That's next on Grant and Danny right here on The Fan.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CT mobilecom
3: We got Wizards tickets for you at 3, 32 minutes from now on Grant and Danny. Make sure you're listening. At that time, Michael Phillips, Richmond Times-Dispatch, who was... At today's Eric Bienemy Presser Asking Questions, will be with us. Phone lines open, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 800-636-1067. Your biggest takeaway from Biennemi's introductory presser in Ashburn today. Here was my favorite thing I heard, I guess, theoretically, my biggest takeaway to answer the question. This is going to be cut forward, Eris. The question was asked of Eric Bienemy was Dan Snyder involved? Now, you can say that he doesn't say no if you want to say that. But what he does say is, who was involved? And he doesn't name Dan Snyder. If Dan Snyder was involved over the years, even if people are saying, yeah, he's going to let me do what I want to do. He's going to give me the money and get out of the way. He's going to let me make the decisions. They're doing the coach speak thing. There's always still the acknowledgement. I want to thank Dan and Tanya. Yeah, I
2: know I met with Mr. Snyder, and he told me, okay, he he wants to win. Uh. I, I had
3: dinner at the Snyder household. We hung out and played pool in one of his 14 rooms in his lower level. None of that. Listen to the, again, the question is, how involved was Dan Snyder in this search?
4: So, Coach Rivera was a lead uh, person in this hiring process, obviously. I have had an opportunity to spend time with Mr. Wright and uh, Mr. Mayhew, just like I said. But when it's all said and done with, with all that stuff, that's none. That's not my job uh, title, okay? Those guys will take care of that. Last part of that answer was specific to
3: the sale, which was the second part of the question. But he said, I met with Ron Rivera primarily and with Mr. Wright, that's Jason Wright, uh-huh. and Mr. Mayhew, that's Martin Mayhew. There was no mention of Dan Snyder. I can't tell you how excited that makes me. Uh-huh. Now, for years, people cared about this. This has always been a press conference question in D.C. Because we're always trying to figure out over the years how involved was Dan in this. Because if this was a Dan idea, we're conditioned not to like it. But the reason it was asked now, obviously, and I believe it was Phillips who asked it, it was going to be on the show at 3 o'clock, as I mentioned in a half hour, is we want to know is Dan still involved? We'd is, like to know. Is he doing anything? I hated when I heard that supposedly Dan sent his jet to go get Jason Wright to come in to seal the deal. Because my thought is, I'm picturing Dan in London right now, not really caring about what's going on. Because this thing's not going to be his anymore in a couple months. And if he's pulling strings and on the phone with Eric Bienemy and sitting in on the meeting, that's on. he might have a little more passion and energy for the commander's organization than in my mind I think he does right now on the outside looking in. This gets me back to thinking, maybe, just maybe, Dan Snyder was uninvolved.
2: Good catch by you.
3: Best thing I heard in this press conference. The rest of it was cool. Good for Eric Biennium. I'm happy that you're here. I'm excited that you're a leader of men and you want to work with Terry McLaurin. Uh-uh. Secondary. Dan Snyder, apparently, not really involved in this process.
2: Love it. Great pickup by you. I didn't catch it in this, to the same degree, so tip of the old cap to my friend Grant Paulson. For me, biggest takeaway is the is what we played before the break. Everybody should have their eyes wide open as to what this is. And just because it's a it's a marriage of convenience, just because it's a temporary situation, doesn't mean that everybody can't benefit tremendously from it. Washington isn't cool. They needed something cool to happen. There's not a lot of goodwill. There's not a lot of belief in them nationally. This is the best single best act to fill a position that was previously occupied by Scott Turner that they possibly could have done. This is beyond a Grand Slam. Whatever's next, it's that. We're all in this together. If I'm just here for a year, this is my, my kind of translation of enemy's comments, it means that this went well. I'm a head coach somewhere. You're a Pro Bowler. Sam Howell's a franchise quarterback. We don't have to, you know, the, the search is over. We're a top blank offense instead of being in, in the dregs, the bottom of the league. If this goes according to plan, everybody's going to get something excellent out of it. Just because it's temporary doesn't mean it can't be great. Let's go to Cedric, who's in Manassas on
3: Grant and Danny. You can call us at 800 636 1067 to talk the enemy right now. Cedric, what do you think of the opening presser?
5: Hey, listen, if if you're not a and how y'all doing, by the way? I love your show. I watch and listen every day. Thank you, dude. to work it. on breaks. Absolutely. And thanks for taking my call. I just want to say a couple of things. One thing I want to say is if you're not pumped and excited right now, just from the presser alone, you're not a true fan. Now, everybody knows we don't have, you know, the greatest culture here um, at FedEx and with with Washington Commanders, but if you're not pumped and excited just from the presser alone, then you're, tr- you're not a true fan. That's number one. Uh, number two, absolutely I'm glad Dan Snyder, Snyder didn't have anything to do with it. I wouldn't say anything, but not a lot to do with this hire because he ruins things, and everybody here wants him gone, and I'm glad he's going to be gone. And the last thing I want to say is I really, really enjoyed how he kept the players involved in this, this, this pressure because at the end of the day, that's your, those are your guys. So to to divert the attention to them several times during that presser, not only was it important to me as a fan, but I believe that's important to a uh, 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 camaraderie in the organization. And that's how you build rapport, right there off the jump, man. So thanks for taking my call. I really enjoyed it. I'm one of those fans that did not want him here, not because I didn't think he would be great, because but because as a black African-American man, you want to see people that do great go on to better things. And and I just felt like I was rooted for him to be a head coach somewhere, you know, just for that reason. But for him to come here, you know, I wasn't I wasn't with it at first. I am excited, though, and that's all I got to say. And thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Thank you, Cedric.
3: Buddy. Look, he wasn't going to get a head coaching job staying in Kansas City. Unfairly, if you think it's unfair, and I happen to think he should have gotten a head coaching job already based on his resume, it just wasn't going to happen. He had to leave. There just weren't other options. After the Super Bowl, most of the seats had been sat in. The music was about to be turned off. It was here, it was Arizona. There were only a couple places with defensive-minded head coaches where you could go. And he made it pretty clear today. I like Ron Rivera. I know Ron Rivera. I like Eric Stokes. I know Eric Stokes. I like Martin Mayhew. I know Martin Mayhew. So it just seems like it was a a collective Uh no-brainer. And I feel more confident in saying, I do think there was some good fortune here for Washington.
2: 100%. This was fortuitous,
3: right, that Reed and Rivera are as tight as they are Reed is the mentor and kind of the, the whisperer for Eric Bieniemy. You push him in this direction. You tell him, hey, you got to leave the nest. It's time. And and here's a, a landing spot for you. Go call plays. Go run your own show. Let's go to line uh, cut number six here, Darius, because uh, this is important, I think. Danny, you referenced that you liked how he handled questions about becoming a head coach. Because mm-hmm. this is a marriage of convenience. He's here for one reason, really. Yeah. To win so he could go elsewhere and, and be Rivera in another city, right? He was asked directly about getting a head coaching job after this. Listen to how Biennemi, who was well-prepared for this question, was well-prepared for this presser. He talked a lot about attention to detail and doing your homework. He clearly did it for the presser because he was impressive. Uh, But this was his answer when he was asked about getting a head job based on coming
4: to D.C. I keep saying this. Right now I'm the the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Okay, being a head coach, that's something – If that's to happen, it'll take care of itself. We've had a great deal of success. We've, we've won what? Five straight AFC championship games, Uh, three out of four Super Bowls, Uh, two out of those we won. So being a coach, it hasn't happened. It's not anything that's gonna impact me moving forward. Cause the only thing I need to concern, be concerned with it's what's important today. Today, I got to be the best person that I can be. I got to be the best coach that I can be. And on top of that, I got to get these guys in this building to learn to trust me, to get to know me, but also understanding what the term accountability means. And so I have to be accountable to these men. All right, so all that stuff about being a head coach, we can talk about that next year sometime. Right now, I'm focused on the job at hand.
2: Love that. And I'll see you at SummerSlam. I mean, (laughs) mic drop, perfect.
3: Ashton in Silver Spring. You're on Grant and Danny. What's going on? Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I listen to you all all the time.
6: Um, So I have a few points to make. Firstly, I would like to say that in the enemy's first press conference with the team, he said more substantial and invigorating content than Ron Rivera has said his whole time with the team. And to bounce off that, there's a few things. Everything y'all said is important, but I'd like to to focus on three things, and I'm glad y'all just played that that recording. There's three things I heard in this press conference that I didn't – that we've been looking for for so long. The first is accountability. Not just holding the players accountable, but holding himself accountable. Second, he has a plan, you know. He's, he is informed, he is intelligent, and he is going to do the right thing. So he, um, third, I'll end with this, guys, it feels like we finally have an adult running things. Well, Thank look, you, the,
3: the guy running things is Rivera, and, and I understand your point of, of not enjoying his pressers as much as you enjoyed the enemies. I mean, the introductory presser is always the easiest one, I will say, in terms of winning the fans over in terms of hitting your home run. I don't know that it's fair necessarily to critique a Wednesday with Rivera when he's trying not to divulge information before you play the Broncos uh, compared to today with Bienemy. But uh, let's do this. I mean, let's give Rivera some credit here. 100%. Ron Rivera went and got Eric Biennemi. And there was good fortune working in his corner, and there weren't a whole lot of options for Bienemy. So you could say he kind of luck boxed into it a little bit. But he had to land the plane still. He had to grab hold of that little uh, half-steering wheel they have up front and put the headphones on and talk to uh, Natka. We'll drive you home. And he had to put that plane down on the, the landing strip, and he did it. He went and got the enemy. He could have stayed in his comfort zone. He could have keep going to the same well. He, he could right. have had another Scott Turner, North Turner, protege type. He could have promoted Ken Zampezi like I thought he was going to or brought in Pat Shermer. It would have been really easy for him to do that, but he went and got the enemy. Right, here's another cut that we have not played that I think people need to hear, which is, it was a good question about was it important for Biennemi to be named the assistant head coach? He didn't elaborate a whole lot on it, but he confirmed. And I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like He could have easily said, oh, you know, I'm not worried about titles because that's kind of the way of most of the press conference, right? I'm not going to directly answer, but I'm going to get my platform out there, so to speak. He actually agreed that, yeah, it was a big deal for me. This was Biennemi asked about being an assistant head coach. Well,
4: I think it's very important for a number of reasons. And the beauty of it is me and Coach Rivera will work through that. At the end of the day, Eric Bienemy is a ball coach. At the end of the day, Eric Bienemy wants to know the people to work with. Eric Bienemi wants to make sure that these guys understand that, you know, <laughs> we're gonna learn to put consistent behavior on tape. All right. But also understanding that. When we're playing for each other and doing things for the greater good of the organization, also seeing the big picture that this game ain't that hard. It can be a whole lot of fun, but it's going to be fun when you're making the necessary sacrifices to make each other better, all right? That's some of the things that I'm excited about. Those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. And so when it comes to job titles and all that, you guys got to understand, yes, I am the assistant head coach. I am the offensive coordinator. My job is to get these guys to go out and do and be the best that they can be. So that's going to be my focus right now.
3: We're playing you some of the best of the enemies opening presser today out in Ashburn. What did you hear that you liked? 800-636-1067. Was there anything that you did here that you didn't like that gave you pause? I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to have this just be a pep rally because I understand you can watch an introductory presser and get really excited. I remember watching Matt Rule introduced as the head coach of the Panthers. There's probably some tweets of me talking about how awesome he was going to be. Like, I thought he killed it. Today is fairly insignificant in the big process. Of course. But all we got is what we got. Mm-hmm. And he stepped up to the podium, and I'm particularly interested by his performance today because the the assumption is he's a bad interviewer. And I know this is not the same as an owner and a GM sitting there kind of grilling you on what you do on third and seven and um, why'd you do this or why didn't you do this in your past or how'd you get in trouble or why'd you get in trouble here 20 years ago. I know this is a different thing. Uh-huh. When you're just kind of talking ball and, and kind of hitting the platitudes that you want to. But he did not come off like a guy that wouldn't interview well, in my opinion. Watching that presser today. Yeah, he came off
2: like a rock star.
3: I, I thought, how on earth has he had – 16 interviews and not gotten a job. It it would be one thing if you're uncomfortable at the podium or you're nervous or you look like you're anxiety-ridden because you don't like talking Like that Adam Gase
2: presser with his wide eyes looking into someone's soul. You know, like, what are we doing? Even Sirianni, which speaks
3: to, you know, it doesn't matter that much maybe if you're good or not on the mic. But I thought he was really comfortable and really good and really well-prepared. Kind of made me think he would have been that way with these coaching interviews as well. 800-636-1067, the number. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. We're giving away those whiz tickets in less than 20 minutes. Players don't have to come out and defend or endorse Eric Biennemi from Kansas City. It would be nice to see some of that, though, with him... Taking some heat from Lashawn McCoy on TV, and you know, just a lot of people wondering why this guy doesn't get jobs. How about Patrick Mahomes? Just a few minutes ago, tweeting, uh, he actually retweeted a video of uh, Bienemy from today's press conference. He says there should be no question about how great of a man and coach Coach Bienemy is. His leadership has a direct impact on the player and person I am today. Ten plus years learning under one of the greatest coaches of all time. I cannot wait for him to continue to prove doubters wrong. And he puts a uh, flex emoji. Patrick Mahomes, an endorsement that I think will go a long way. Indeed. Indeed. Again, he doesn't have to do that. But I have heard there is a sentiment out there, not one that I care a whole lot about. Like, where are the Chiefs in congratulating him? Or where are the Chiefs players in saying, LeSean McCoy should shut up? Or, like,
2: how could the Chiefs let him go? Which doesn't take into account any of the nuance there, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, that one doesn't bother me because... That just means you're not paying attention to football?
2: Yeah, that's precisely None of them bothered me. Yeah,
3: but the, the the player one is interesting because, you know, when a coach leaves after a bunch of years and a lot of success, generally there's a lot of well-wishing, and especially he's being questioned. His credibility has been called into question on national TV by a player who used to be there. I would expect a plethora of guys to come out and defend him, and because it wasn't happening, it didn't really raise any ire for me or, or it wasn't a concern, but there were people that were then saying, Where's Patrick Mahomes? Where's Travis Kelsey? So to see Mahomes come out and grab his back today, I think, is a good thing. Let's go to B in Haymarket. The B- enemy just introduced over in Ashburn. We're getting your thoughts. What was your big takeaway?
5: Hey, hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Can yeah. I first say that your call screener is so pleasant and uplifting? I really appreciate hey, that. Hey,
3: Ryan Clary, ladies this.
2: and gentlemen. Ryan Clary. Where's the compliment bell?
3: I got to find the compliment bell. Right oh, yeah,
2: that's right. should be right there. Yeah. Look at the studio audience. A little late, guys, to be honest. Thank you, B.
5: Hey, my favorite part was uh, having the other players show up, having our guys show up. I don't think I've ever seen, obviously I haven't seen that many of them, but I don't think I've ever seen the players show up to, uh, to you know, give some encouragement to the new hire. And the second thing that I enjoyed the most was this story that said, I can't tell you how many times that uh, Reed almost fired me. That shows me that he'll get in your face. He knows who he is. Yeah,
3: I, I like a guy that's going to ask questions and kind of push against the, the way of the organization a little bit. I don't want another Ron Rivera yes man here. We're covered there.
2: We're good on that. We
3: got enough people who he brought here from his time in Carolina who see things and smell things and taste things the same way Rivera does. I'd love for someone to say, uh-uh, why are we doing it that way, Ron? Because, the, frankly, the enemy, in a lesser role— has won way more than Rivera has. Like, you've been a part of cultures where they actually accomplish. Let's go to Anthony and Calvert. What's up?
6: Hey, man. Um, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Love your show as usual. Thanks, sir. Uh, first first impression right off the bat is I was listening to, like like, some sort of biological love child between B. Mitch and Doc Walker. I mean, it was – I loved everything about it. And you know, window dressing is window dressing, and I'm sure a lot of it is not window dressing, but there's some of it is to a certain extent. So I love that. I mean, those guys played played the game just like the enemy did, and just listening to him talk about it, it just inspired me. Like I wanted to go hit the gym. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, secondly, uh, man, I forgot my second point. He um,
2: made uh, a good first. Point. Well, the first point was strong. We'll give you bonus yeah, points uh, for the first. Smell point. what you're cooking there. I mean. Again, we're we're all talking with grains of salt here. It's the opening press conference. This is not your first third and sixth decision in a divisional game. What did happen today, though, was a guy that is overqualified for the job he has is here. He joins the defensive coordinator in that regard, and he's even got more cachet than Del Rio does. It's been really good, by the way. Um, Yeah, Two
3: of three years, top five defense.
2: There you have it. this, This is really exciting, and I think it's just fine that people are pumped up about it. Michael
3: Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch on the scene out in Ashburn. Get some behind-the-scenes vibes from him. Interactions with the enemy today. What he thought. We'll get to that next right here on GD. We're giving away Wizards tickets right at the top of the hour as well. And at 325, you gotta hear what the enemy said when he was asked about LaShawn McCoy's very negative national TV comments. Who used to play for him. His answer was phenomenal. It's must-hear. That's at 325 on the fan.
0: Okay.